Welcome back, everybody. Got Captain Eddie here with Heart of Indy Radio. This is Hearts of Nashville and the Memphis Show. We have a very special treat for you. We have back in our studio today, none other than Allison Leah. And it's kind of unreal sitting here with you right now. It, it with Allison Leah in the flesh. This makes my day, makes my week. No, this makes my month. July is set now. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How have you been? I've been well, been doing really well, been completely enmeshed in traveling and touring. So We've been a bit, of a, a bit of a whirlwind. But other than that, um, I've been really, really enjoying um, just getting to play music again, um, really in its full capacity and um, just getting to see new places in the world. And I'm happy to be here with you today. And thank you for sharing all that. You know, we were talking just before uh, we came online here. You're sharing all this footage from your performances, you know, um, yeah. whether you're talking about Arizona, you're talking about Chicago, these are all really cool. And I think a lot of the listeners really love that. So for, for those who don't know who you are yet, uh, I can't imagine that we get so much feedback about you. Every time we do something oh. is Alice and Leia. It's like, ding, 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 ding. Okay. Okay. We get it. We get it. We love her too. So um, you're from New York, but you got here to Nashville as quick as you could. So yes. how are you loving, you know, this little piece of heaven that we call Tennessee so far? I love it. I really love it. I think that both, I mean, like I grew up born and raised in New York. And so it was like a huge transition um, where I think I have a lot of friends in Nashville that moved here from Ohio or, or anywhere else that's in the Midwest or South. So they visited Nashville a lot right. growing up. Um, but I think it was like a lot of my peers that I grew up with have never been to Nashville at all. So I think it's been really, really rewarding, really challenging, but I think just the music community here is just unreal. Well, it's called music city for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to lock it down because we've got Nashville and Memphis. So we've got them both. Um, So this is part of our unplugged series. So are you ready for that? I'm ready. Are you sure? I, I think so. <laughs> so you were just part of our International Indies Summer 2022, which is a repetition of last year's event, and it was just as successful this year. It's really cool. It's an opportunity to get indie artists in front of new listeners globally with their original work, and you were part of that, so thank you so much for being a part of that. You did a song. <laughs> Here we go with the unplugged bit, okay? You yeah. did a song, I Gave You My Number, and so I just got to ask, what do you think about at 3 a.m.? What do I think about at th- this is starting off hard. I um I think I'm always thinking pretty deeply at 3 a.m. If I'm up thinking ouch. about something at 3 a.m. What do you mean ouch? I like ouch. like like <laughs> I'm just she's in cognitive thought at 3 a.m. No, like um by that line. Lo- <laughs> I mean, well, it's funny because it means it kind of means the same thing, like I, um, if I'm ever being kept awake by like a thought that's keeping me up, usually it's something like about, um, it's either a song keeping me up because we've all been there. We've heard they just need to finish the song, but in the context of the song, I just meant like, you know, going through time where you're like being up about this relationship, like, where is this going? Like, is this going to be 
successful. I can't stop thinking about them. So I kind of meant it like in an optimistic way, um, but definitely like having some thought that's keeping you awake. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an opportunity to give you a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I appreciate that. We're just getting started. <laughs> like, what does she think about at 3 a.m.? Oh my goodness. But yeah, I'm the same way. If I'm up that late, there's a reason. There's something that's bothering me business-wise or music. I want to get it down before I forget this really clever hook that I'll yeah. never remember again. So, <laughs> so coming to Nashville as a brand new artist, you know, sometimes it's referred to as, you know, for a new artist um, and sometimes for, you know, what we call legacy artists run into the same problems, feast or famine, you know, are we eating chicken or just having the feathers? You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I like to call it sunshine or rain. So it's a lot nicer. Um, but what has been your experience so far trying to work and live and perform in and around Nashville? Um, I mean, I feel very fortunate that I've had such a positive experience moving to Nashville. I think moving during the pandemic, like I moved here officially, I signed my lease March 1st of 2020, as we've talked about on the station before. Yeah. But, um, but I moved down in June of 2020. So I think I knew pretty much right away that I was going to have to get very crafty with both work music, writing, I kind of wanted to almost like get a head start in figuring out the city um, while I couldn't do much else. And then right. was doing most of my rights um, on Zoom and, you know, in person when we were able to again toward the end of 2020. And so it, it's kind of interesting because I feel like a lot of people's perception of Nashville usually correlates with like the gigging scene. And I have done a ton of writers rounds that I love so much and I'm just actually starting to play full band shows in Nashville which was a huge goal of mine for this year and I'm really sure. happy that you know it's coming to fruition but I I my take on it is that Nashville's kind of what you make of it so if you put yourself out there enough and you get creative enough you'll find your way um and I think I've seen that with my own just like the the little niches that I fall into sure. and who I'm able to collaborate with, but it's, it's really about just like giving to the community and then you'll receive from the community. I love that. And you're right. That it, Nashville can be a lot of fun, but it is a lot of work. Yeah. And time management is, is key. You know, you know, I liked your analogy about getting on top of things really early. That's really important because the city's not going to come to you. You've got to, you got to do yeah. it. So if we were sitting at Starbucks, and I teased you with this question before, but if we were sitting at Starbucks with Bluebird and just having coffee or whatever, pick a spot, any spot. Yeah. Is the Nashville scene really what you expected it to be when you first came to Nashville? I mean, your situation is different in that you had kind of a three month, I've got my apartment, I can't go yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Nashville is a lot more ever changing than I expected it to be. And I think that is partially the nature of like the late 2010s through now, like it's just is changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I also have been pleasantly surprised with the fact I, I love country music. I am a country fan, but I am pivoting to do more folk pop style music, even though some of my music still can be like, you know, it will in the future, you can categorize it as country. And in the past, there's some music that you can categorize as country. But I feel like it's inspiring that there are so many artists that I meet here of all genres. You know, so it's like, 
I, I was surprised by that. I think the most that like, I work with a few producers that do pop music and that all I always thought was in New York or LA. Um, so seeing it here. And I think, again, I think it's a recent thing and a recent transition because, and granted the heart of country music, like, like country music does live in Nashville. So uh, yes, but I'm not yes. saying that, but it's just cool that I've been able to experiment with genres where I really didn't expect to when I moved here. That's cool. I'll take a little bit of the pressure off of you and make a comment here. And it's okay, they can come at me for this. But <laughs> I think the reality is that the genre lines are evaporating. Well, that's also part of it. I think yeah. um, as like the world of technology like opened up, we were able to become exposed to so many genres. We're exactly. like, right? I mean, like, look at the history of like pop radio and country radio, you were only able to be exposed to so much music. And now I think there's been a boom of indie artists, obviously, that I love, but right. there's also been a boom of like the, that technological barrier being broken and having, you know, independent radio stations that feature all genres of music. And then right. the lines do get blurred as people become fans of multiple genres. So it's really, it's really cool. There's an article in our most recent selfless plug here, our brand new edition of Heart of Indie magazine. There's an article in there I wrote about subconscious copyright infringement. Mm. And that's kind of what I was talking about in defining it. You know, some of the things that we write are influenced by so many of the things that we've experienced musically. And so we have to be careful, you know, when we're writing lyrics and writing, composing music. Is yeah. it really original work or is this influenced by something we heard? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so here's another tough question for you. And I don't want you to reach for the low-hanging fruit here. If you could change anything, what would it be? About Nashville or just anything in the world? Let's start with you. About me? About, about your approach to Nashville, about your approach to music. Wow. <laughs> anything I could change about If you could back life. up and say, okay, so that happened. Let's do it differently this time. We've all had those moments. Wow. <laughs> I've had them too. Yeah. Um, this is like so like I could go so many places. I'm thinking about everything I've ever like done. Um I think I think that I would well no. I was gonna say I I wish that I moved to Nashville earlier, but I don't because I think some of the people that I met so I'll I'll change my answer. Because again, like that, I would have ended up in the same situation. I would have changed the pandemic. I would have not let that happen. But right. I mean, that's not that was possible. Not, that, that was not in my control. <laughs> exactly. You, you couldn't push those buttons. Yeah. So. I mean, I think like more than anything, something that I am trying to incorporate more into my own life and is is really team and community and kind of giving back, like I've been saying, but in, I guess, like different way. Mm -hmm. Um I feel like I really, for the first, I'll say four years of like really being like, I'm a musician now, the first four years, like before I released my first EP, I'll say, I was very much like, I'm independent. So everything is me. Like I'm doing everything. I'm control. And it wasn't, it wasn't to control everything because that's like a harsh word, but I just mean that like, I didn't really lean on anyone and I think that created someone and I, I'm proud that I feel confident in my work. And I think that that's because 
I didn't have a community to lean on. But now that I do have people that I trust, I think it's like bringing in collaborators whenever you can. And I mean that in the, you know, producer background vocals and (laughs) guitarist sense, but I also mean that in like getting a tour manager and like working with other artists on a tour and, um, or not like not even management, but, you know, just like working with people and and collaborating with people and really getting involved in the, what they're doing. And it kind of comes back to, I wish I had like enough time in the day for everything now, because I want to be involved with so many like things. And, And so I think that that's part of it, like having people that you really trust and lean on. So that's my long winded answer. <laughs> Be careful what I ask for, right? No, that's a very good yeah, answer. Right? <laughs> that's a very good answer. So what do you wish we had here in Nashville, musically or otherwise? Um, I wish that I'm well, I think Nashville does a good job of fostering community and not competition, but there still is a lot of competition. And I wish that that was less. Um, because one, if one person makes it, then their whole, everyone that they worked on something with make it in my opinion, at least that's what I like look at. Like, I want to be a part of somebody else's music career just as much as I want my own because it's a team. We're all in this together. And Mm -hmm. so because of that, I think I wish that more people saw that. I wish that more people saw the big picture rather than just saying, I'm, you know, I'm not going to have them do that gig because I don't want, you know, just like just being competitive about certain gigs and certain opportunities that people will kind of hoard versus sharing um, and recognizing again, like I like kind of is a theme that if you share, then people, if you hire someone to play your gig, then they're going to hire you to play their gig because you have something to offer them and vice versa. And so I think just going out and like literally showing up at somebody else's writer's round unannounced is just as important as booking the writer's round for yourself. Do you think it's a case sometimes of there being certain things that new artists just don't know that they don't know? Yeah, I I think so. Um, It's funny, and I'll share this here specifically because of this, but I frequently have people that from New York that I, maybe I known them, maybe I've known them for a year, maybe I've known them for 10 years that they're getting involved with music and they're kind of starting. And they'll say like, I am planning a trip to Nashville. Can you help me get gigs? And a lot of the time my, I have like the best advice for them and nobody will take it. So I will share <laughs> it here. It's literally, I, cause I did this when I was starting out and it changed my whole perspective of, I will tell people book two trips eight weeks apart for a week each if your goal is to play gigs book two trips eight weeks apart for a week and come down I was like come out to whatever like you know Instagram is is everywhere so like DM somebody that lives in Nashville ask them if they have any shows you know and then go to a writer's round and ask every single person at that writer's round and there's probably going to be 12 to 16 where else they're playing this week follow them, talk to them, get to know them, and then go support them this week. And then by the end, you'll have gone to like 30 writers rounds. You don't need to go the whole time. It doesn't need to be overwhelming, but then you'll have met the bookers. You'll have met the people and you'll be a part of that community. And then the trip and literally then and there book with the booker a writer's round for eight weeks later. And then you'll come back and you could do two a day and it'll be so simple 
because it's just about be all people want are you to be involved in the community. Sure. And so that is my little soapbox rant. No, thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Uh, again, it's it's just all the little things that new artists don't know that they don't know. Networking yeah. is so, so important. And the quicker you can do that, the better off you're going to be. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to take you 10 times longer to get to the same finish line. Yeah. So tonight begins week one of a three-week series here on the Memphis show. This is Woodstock 2. So welcome to Woodstock 2. You've been part of Indie Summer 2022 and now Woodstock 2. It's uh, really cool. Really, really cool. So Woodstock 2 is featuring Martin Guitars. Uh, and you're a fellow Martin player like me. So tell us why you chose Martin. Uh, they would love the feedback. And new aspiring artists, they kind of need to hear your story too. Yeah. Um, I got my Martin guitar. Um back in 2015 and it's a she's um, seasoned yay yay um uh, it's a dc 16 gte and i bought it used and it um honestly it sounds like um it's like pretty much a harry potter reference in the sense that like i feel like they say the wand chooses the wizard and i feel like the guitar chooses the guitarist sometimes um, but I really was just really drawn to it. And since I picked it up, I've just fallen in love with it. And the amount of like, I, I think I, I chose it because it's, um, a curated guitar. It, it's very good for finger picking. And again, like I love, I learned on folk music. I learned on like that folk country style of Travis picking. And, um, so because of that, I think I was just immediately again, just drawn to the guitar and I have not had a single regret a day in my life since. <laughs> well, that's actually one of the reasons why uh, we're featuring Martin guitars for Woodstock is because so many folk artists use Martin guitars. Mm -hmm. They're just a beautiful fit for folk music. Um, what is it about the tone though? So you like the playability, but what about the tone as compared to we don't need um, to name other other brands. But yeah, just... we are, I, I like the um well it, I guess it's I have two different comments because there's one tone when it's plugged in and one tone when it's you know sure, sure. live. Um I love that it has a very it's like a, a rich but bright tone. There when we it's go. Not, plugged in yeah um and i think that the sound again kind of going back to why the finger picking like the sound carries and i've played some other guitars i mean i've played tons of other guitars where the sound just doesn't have that like it doesn't carry when you're playing unplugged right. um and so i feel like i was just drawn to that that like you can be playing in a house you can be playing in i've played um in a cathedral that was just empty and it was just filling the whole space finger picking I was like how is this possible it's so beautiful um but then I think also I just like that well I, I like that the pickup has the ability to really have like it has a, a prefix aura pickup so you really have the ability to adjust the EQ in the settings which was another thing that I really loved um because I know on other guitars they have a volume knob and that's great but not when you're mixing the board yourself and you're playing by yourself and you don't have any right. mix engineer to help balance the sound you just kind of need to trust the guitar a little bit more um and so i like that you can curate the sound but it just has a really deep bright um bright sound and and but it's not in tinny it's not tinny it's it's very just like rich um 
yeah, for lack of description, but yeah, it's, it, it's a rich, bright, clean tone. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And again, with the finger picking, there's no muddiness, there's no murkiness. It's just cuts through and in a way that's just really soothing. Um, and that's what I love about it. Yep. I share those sentiments. I just wanted to ask you, I know that you're a fellow Martin player and obviously they're tied to this event. So should we talk about music tapestry? Does that adjective sound interesting? Yeah. <laughs> so our, uh, our music is influenced by our own environment, whether it be life experiences or other artists, right? And so I kind of look at music as our own imprint as this music tapestry that grows over time. It gets, we keep adding to it based on life experiences, other artists we've played with, worked with, collaborated with. We continue to grow emotionally and musically. Mm -hmm. um, what were your own early musical experiences that you feel helped to create your own musical imprint, who you are as Alice and Leia. Now, this is, this is not just an empty question. You are so clever, you know? Thank you. Um, I grew up on singer songwriters and I think a lot of, um, I was very lucky to grow up in such a musical household because I think I know a lot of people that have, pretty general and I don't mean general I mean like mainstream influences and I think what's really cool is that I don't I didn't grow up on mainstream music I grew up on artists like I mean like Trevor Hall and, and Rachel Yamagata and early John Mayer and like I was listening to them when I was four five six years old and that and obviously like Britney Spears who was like my you know to everyone from ages five to 13 when in the early 2000s that was like phenomenal but um but it was really this always like Joni Mitchell but she again like I pan her in a more um I know a lot of people a lot of singer songwriters who grew up on Joni Mitchell and I feel like kind of what puts me in a little bit of a, a quirkier place is the fact that like I grew up and my parents were were in love with like songwriters and um I think that that's always been really cool because I didn't have the same music taste as my peers and then as I kind of got into early adulthood um I started falling in love with like more alternative and country music but mm -hmm. I really wasn't raised on it which is kind of I think it's kind of interesting um, to look at then where I am and what kind of music inspires me now. That is such a cool answer. And see, you have such a beautiful music tapestry yourself, just listening to your story. Now I see where all this is coming from. And so do the listeners. Thank so you. what has been your own personal most, how should I word this? Your most difficult personal challenge so far with your career. Hmm. Maybe it's one of those, oh my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> Moments. <laughs> yeah. I think like I, I, again, I've been saying this the entire day, like I love so many genres and I think pinning myself into one genre is, has been difficult. Um, and I think it's funny because I will have conversations with people where like, I just released my song, Sorry for Myself, which is like a pop song if I do say so myself and um so people then have asked me like oh is this the new direction that you're going and then vice versa I released before that I released a song called 24 years down which was more yep. folkier more folkier more more folk 
Um, and people were like, oh, is this the new direction you're going? Like this folk direction? And it's kind of a difficult answer because like the fact of the matter is like, while I'm an independent artist, I'm going to be releasing the music that inspires me and the music that I want to write. And what's cool is I hope that I'm curating a catalog that there's something for everybody. But in reality, like you can't really write that way. You just have to write for you and for what the music is on your heart. And so when I release music, there is no, I'll release projects like this folk pop fusion EP that I'm doing. And then after that, I have new, other plans to do more things um, that are like curated EPs, but I don't plan on ever staying in a genre for long. So Good I think that's you. been like the hardest part because I am inspired by so much music and I think it is easy to want to put somebody in a box but I just kind of that's that's probably my hardest part is just fighting that that's what the industry and unfortunately and I'll get some flack from this but it's okay that's what the industry and labels want to do they want to put us in a box and you know this is your label you need to stick to this music and yeah you can't do that with creative souls it that's not how our our brain and our hearts work so before we wrap up you just mentioned your EP, and I want to talk about that for just a minute. So you have a new EP releasing this summer, right? Yes, the end of the summer. I'm Yay. so excited. I am so excited. Um, it is It is um, a mix of three folk songs and three pop songs. So Sorry for Myself and What I'm Missing are out now. They're two of the pop songs. And then okay. 24 Years Down is one of the folk songs. And as, you know, as I get into to release mode, I'll start telling the stories behind like why I chose to do that. Um, but it is each song um, takes um, a look at a different story that happened to me. And I talk about the way that the story weighed on my heart. So every single song mentions the word heart. Every single song um, is about basically my own introspection at a situation. And oh, there's cool. no two topics covered twice. So I'm really excited about we're, it. <laughs> we're, we're excited to have it here at Heart of Indie Radio. It's going to be awesome. So how can folks find you? How can they reach you? Um, I am on all social media at Allison Leia Music. Um, and my website is Allison Leia, L-E-A-H, music.com. And I'm on Spotify. And we were recently talking earlier about the fact that I've been doing vlogs and like videos of all of my trips and travel. so clever. And I love those. I, I just think they're so much fun to actually like, first of all, when you meet new people and then you're like, be in my vlog, but also when you are on the road and can't be playing to the people that have been supporting you and maybe are in Nashville or New York and you're in new places, they can still watch yes. your adventures. So yes. definitely, definitely check them out. They're really fun. Well, thank you for sharing your journey with us and with the world. And thank you for being here, for being part of Indie Summer 2022. That was so cool. Yeah. And for being here with us again today uh, to kind of kick off Woodstock 2. So, all right. So we're going to get back to the music now here at Heart of Indie Radio, the Memphis show. We'll see you next time, Allison and Leia. We know you're going to be back for your EP release. So stay safe. Keep cranking out music. Keep sharing those videos. We love them. Absolutely, Will. Thank you so much for having me. This has been incredible. <laughs> Bye-bye.